welcome back to Mini TV Reviews. I am your host, Mo, and today we are going to be discussing the fall of the House of Usher. You guys, yes, season one, episode three, titled Murder in the Rue Morgue. Y'all, I hope everybody's week is going well thus far. We are at Hump Day, aka My Friday, officially, unofficially, unless I pick up some more work. Y'all, I'm super excited to be reviewing this show last episode was nothing but fire literally um so (laughs) rest in peace fairy so i just know that this episode is going to be even better than the last all right i hope you guys week is going well this far without further ado let's go ahead get into the synopsis so we can get right into the episode so the synopsis for this one is in charge of the usher's publicity camille conspires to spin controversy in her family's favor and expose the grim details of her sister's experiments Ooh, that's snake camille i need more backstory on what happened between the two of them because there is so much disdain for victorine i just need to know more about it so anyway i'm sure hopefully we'll get more backstory later on but for now let's go ahead and get into the episode so y'all we pick up right where we left off on the last one and this is the fallout after shit has went awry at the factory building for perry's uh really random exclusive party so pim reaper shows up and he's on the phone and he's talking about the scene that he is witnessing there of course the paramedics firefighters all of the medical personnel have arrived it is a shit show literally and he's like look i'm gonna try to get in okay and so he ends up talking to i guess like the chief the sheriff or whoever he is and he was like i don't know how you got this access but you only got 10 minutes and don't touch nothing So Pim Reaper goes in, he examines the scene, y'all, it's blood, guts, bodies everywhere. He ends up seeing that there's a camera in the corner. He also notices that when he walks up to Perry, Perry's got this mask on, okay? Um, He also notices that there is a phone that Perry was uh carrying y'all that phone didn't have no type of damage to it i was like damn what type of uh case is that i need that type of case (laughs) so he takes the phone too so on his way out y'all a arm reaches out for him they've got a survivor and so of course people come in and then we see the fallout after that um y'all Roderick is explaining to Augie about how Perry had used a friend's cousin's friend friend to tap into the tanks the tanks did not have water in them like we know um they had the toxins and the acid from you know whatever was coming out from the experiments in those tanks and so he says that they were supposed to get rid of it months ago um but of course because all of the stuff was happening especially with the indictments you know they decided to scale it back for a second and so then they thought you know once the building was to get demolished 
then they would go ahead and just carry out the toxins and waste with all of that during that process, okay? Um, because they couldn't ship it because, of course, it, it was too corrosive. And if they tried to, of course, they would be found out and those fines would be astronomical. And so that was the only way that they were going to do it. He just didn't know that Perry's stupid self would try to tap into the building's water tanks to try to make the sprinklers go off, okay? That was a, a very tragic, unfortunate accident. And so after he finishes explaining all of that to Augie, Augie points out the fact that there were no wait staff there, okay? All of the staff had left as if this were a setup. And so now we are with Roderick and the family there at the hospital. They're trying to figure out what's going on. Pim Reaper is there giving them all the details as well. He says that they that he's got people um, scrubbing the cameras, okay? Because some of that stuff has like, uh, the cameras caught like people with felonies on there. And so they're literally trying to figure out who they're going to throw the blame on. They don't want Perry's name to be on this, okay? Because they already got enough backlash going on as is. But, you know, if somebody found out that this was Perry's idea to throw this party in this abandoned warehouse building that was full of toxins that should have been demolished a long time ago, well, that would be the end of Fortunato. So, um, he's telling them that he's got people scrubbing the cameras. He's also trying to figure out what's going on with the phones. Um, and not only that, you guys, but the person that actually survived was Freddie's wife. And so, now they're really trying to figure out, first off, what was she doing there? Why was she there in the first place? Um, and not only that... They have to figure out how to keep the the medical facility and like the, the, the paparazzi and stuff from figuring out exactly who this survivor is because if that gets out, why that's a story in itself as well. The fact that your brother's wife was at your baby brother's party that, that was really salacious, like, mm-mm. So... They're trying to figure out how they're going to spend this thing. Um, the idea is for Pim Reaper to hire somebody from outside the family to try to throw this, the, throw the blame on somebody else. Um, but Camille says that that's the wrong way to do this. Okay, she wants to gain sympathy for um, their family, and so she's she's throwing out all these different ideas about Perry and how. He was the face of this charity and how he did so much charity work. And now that he's gone, the family's going to continue. Like, she spends the hell out of it, okay? And so Maddie was like, you know what? You want it so bad, you can go ahead and take it, okay? You got less than a week. And so the family, mainly Victorine, is completely disgusted by Camille because you literally just lost your baby brother. And so... When Camille corrects her and says half brother, y'all, Victorine calls her uh, the C U N T. <laughs> and so she was like, it's stuff like this that makes us like not human. This is why people don't like us. And she says, no, this is why we have. 
the empire that we have because Camille is putting in work. You are welcome, Camille says. So she gets right to work. She goes home and she's talking to her assistants. And um, they're trying to do their best to spin that part. Y'all know how that's going to work out. Um, but more importantly, she wants to know about the informant. What information have you got on Victorine for me? And so they basically tell her that there have been whispers and rumors that, um, yes, we know that monkeys are dying during the process, but the more curious thing at hand is the number of livestock. The numbers aren't adding up, okay? The math isn't mathing. So the ones that she is reporting are surviving. She's, the, the system was saying that the numbers are getting dumped uh, like a day or two after the procedure has, I guess, taken place. Um, but the rumor is that the monkeys are, in fact, dying on the table. But what Camille is, uh, not Camille, what Victorine is doing is she's replacing the monkeys that are dying on the table with other monkeys, okay? She's even going as far as to like like make incision sites like they just received this mesh implant like it was a success when all the while this is not the same monkey okay so they said the monkeys that are actually dying on the table what she's doing is she's going in after hours to avoid like cameras and other people being able to to find her out she's going into the lab after hours and cutting up the monkeys and putting them in her birkin y'all <laughs> They said that the the talk around the lab is that Camille, not Camille, Victorine done line her Birkin bag, y'all, with like the plastic wrap, like from Dexter, <laughs> so she can carry the monkeys out in pieces without messing up her Birkin, y'all. <laughs> so of course Camille is intrigued by this. She wants her assistants to get right on it, but before they do, y'all. The girl assistant looks back at Camille and she was like, oh, and Camille, you know, I'm, I'm sorry for your loss. And Camille is just like, sh she could care less about Perry, y'all. She didn't care about the fact that her brother literally just died. She don't care nothing about that. So back at the hospital, Lenore's coming up and she, we can overhear uh, Freddie and Roderick talking and Roderick is blaming him because those buildings should have been demolished a long time ago as a matter of fact they should have been demolished about eight months ago there's no reason why those buildings should have still been standing there's no reason why Perry should be dead and so Freddie is giving him all the excuses that you can think of as to why these buildings were still standing but at the end of the day Roderick is like you know what it's your fault and so Lenore comes up and breaks up the conversation and she wants to know why mom was where she was, like what happened to her. She wants all of the answers, which Freddie at this point cannot provide for her. So Augie is still giving an interview on Fox News about Perry's death. And he says that some kind of way, this is vindication for the thousands of people that have died via overdose from Fortunato Farms. Although that's not what he really meant, that's how it came out. And so of course the person that's interviewing him gets all up in his ass. Um, and then we see Victorine walk in 
to uh, Alessandria's office, okay? She wants to get away, and Alessandria wants to kind of have her be with her so she can grieve in peace, right? She just lost a brother. And so she tells her that she's only got two more patients to see, um, and so she needs about 30 minutes. In the meantime, she wants Victorine to stay where she is in her office. Don't move. Drink some tea. She'll be back. So when she gets ready to walk out, Victorine has a moment, and I think it's, it's finally settling in that she has indeed lost her brother. Now, I'm not sure who the informant is at this point, but maybe if she is the informant, then she might have some more issues going on as well. So she walks out of the office, and I'm not sure where she's headed to, but either way, she runs into Pamela, who happens to be the whistleblower, and Pamela is there because she um, has been having all of these heart issues, and so she wanted to see Dr. Ruiz. And so um, she said that she had filled out all of the information. However, the receptionist is now gone, and so she's trying to figure out who she, who she needs to leave her paperwork with. And so Victorine puts on, like, yes, yeah, she works with her. And so she, she uh, tells her, you know, I can go ahead and take your paperwork. So she gives it to Victorine. And so Victorine takes it back to the office, and she puts it on top of uh, Alexandria's desk. But she starts to go through it, and she looks at all of her medical history, y'all, and it turns out Miss Pamela might be uh, way more useful than Victorine thought. So she starts snapping pictures on her camera now. I'm not sure what she's going to do with her, but I'm pretty sure it's got something to do with her heart and this experiment. So, um, so then after that, Camille is over at Leo's house. And they're talking. Leo is, he is distraught about Perry's death. Um, I'm going to assume that they were a lot closer than the others. Um, she does mention how Freddie and Tammy call uh, Leo herself and Perry the bastards. And he includes Vic, aka Victorine. And she was like, uh, y'all know she, she don't like her. <laughs> and so um they go on to sprout their history apparently camille found out that she was an usher when she was in her early 20s i think leo found out when he was like 18 and i think perry found out when he might have been a teenager okay literally went from rags to riches okay it's no wonder that he got lost somewhere in the sauce okay you go from being completely broke to having an unlimited supply of cash it's like whoa okay so, they start talking about how uh, Leo feels like he doesn't fit in with the ushers because he doesn't really do anything. All he does is play video games. And so, he was like, yeah, you know, that's not my thing. And so, he goes on to try to say that the others are actually doing some real work. But in reality, Camille actually tells him no, okay? None of us have made anything, okay? You don't make video games, you pay people to make your video games. Uh, Vic, that's not her heart mesh. The heart mesh is actually an invention of her wife, uh, of her spouses. It's an invention of her spouses, Alexandria. Um, but because she's a surgeon or a doctor, you know, she's kind of like going along with it and kind of just like riding the coattail of it. Camille, she just spins stuff, okay? Her dad put her in a room full of smoke and mirrors. 
and she spins things but she never really goes anywhere tammy well she just slapped her name on a, a fitness brand freddie he plays the part tries to anyway but we all know that he doesn't really do a good job in that and perry well you know perry was just perry so they're all i think camille kind of is sad about perry but i don't know she's still kind of really detached but either way uh leo is gonna get shit faced <laughs> And she actually came over because she wanted to prep him for all of the interviews and the press for tomorrow to try to spin this thing about Perry's death. But honey, like I said, Leo is in no way ready. And so she says, you know what? Instead of us doing that in the morning, we'll go ahead and try for the afternoon. Um, he asked her, did she want an edible, which she took. And it seems like right before she was going to get ready to leave, it started to kick in. <laughs> And so, um, they, they also talk about, uh, his boot thing seems like boot thing will allow him to do whatever he wants to do. Take all the drugs. Okay. He done took an edible, but now he's snorting Coke and now he done drunk some wine and done smoked some weed and then did a little bit of everything. He's all over the place. Okay. Um, and he's got more friends coming over. So it seems like things are going to get even rowdier to the point where he is going for total blackout. Okay, so Camille is going to excuse herself at this point before things go really bad. So Roderick is telling Augie that his kids are not, they're not familiar with how to handle death. Okay, and we saw that when uh, Leo's friend came over, she mentioned that she had some Monty for him. So in other words, he says, yeah, they, they're new to this thing called death, but hey, my kids know how to adapt. And so he starts the phrase, you know, my kids are able to make lemons out of lemonade. Augie finishes it for him. But instead of saying that phrase just like that, Roderick actually takes part of the front of it and goes on this whole diatribe about how we're going to exploit the F out of lemons. And by the time we're done, we're going to have a lemon empire, okay, that's going to make us millions. And by the time we're done selling it, then we'll have time to prop our feet up and make lemonade out of lemons. I loved it, y'all. I was like, how did he remember all of that? Like, he even did, like, a hashtag lemon and Billie Eilish. Oh, that concert was so lemon. I loved it, okay? And so, Augie goes on to mention that Monty, which was redacted initially, was actually found in Perry's system once they actually were able to pull like the toxicology reports they found monty in his system so monty is like the street drug for ligadone and so he was like damn roderick you said that you kill you're responsible for perry's death and he was like yeah but not like that okay i was talking about the damn sprinkler system and the toxins in the sprinkler system not the drug okay that's not my responsibility and so he was like you know what pim reaper is very protective of me and so as he says that y'all camille's hand pops up on his shoulder spooks him right and so then he goes on to say that yes um ligadone is pushed by him but in reality ligadone was never his okay he's just the middleman and he goes on to not take responsibility for 
anything that had to do with ligadone and how it was presented to the public, how um, the chemist who came up with the chemical properties for it lied and told him that it wasn't addictive when it really was. And then he also said something about, I think, the pharmaceutical company and how uh, they weren't ethically pushing it correctly or something like that. So as he's telling Augie that part too, y'all Camille popped up on his ass again and scared the crap out of him so much so that that glass that he had, y'all, he threw it. He threw it at her ghost, but it ended up in the fireplace. Scared him. Okay. And so then after that, he goes on to tell the story of how basically Grizz like bamboozled the f out of him okay he came to grizz with this idea of ligadone and initially y'all remember grizz was like hell no nah, i don't want nothing to do with that because of the fda and all of the the shenanigans that i'm finna have to go through in these hoops and loops that i'm gonna have to go through in order to get it done no i don't want no parts of it so apparently there was a change of heart and so the next thing we see is Roger storming into Grizz's office talking about that that's his drug, right? And so he was like, technically, no, it's not. Because guess what, y'all? Grizz done brought, uh, I think the company that he has is like Lander Pharmaceuticals or something like that. Either way, y'all, Grizz done brought the patent for Ligadone. So technically, Ligadone is his. It's his idea. And so, Roderick is pissed. And he was like, man, you know what? Okay, be glad, because he, he wrote him a check for $500. And so he was like, be glad that you actually had an idea. Your brain, uh, your brain farting formulates an idea. So be glad that you came in here. You blew out hot air, okay, to sell me this uh, fart that your brain did. And it produced $500 for you. And so he goes on to say, you know what? Basically, Grizz got the juice, okay? He knows what to do. He knows what moves to make, okay? And so you came in here with the idea, but you didn't patent it. So since you didn't patent it, I took my opportunity and stole it from you, basically. And so now Ligadone is mine. But I'm going to do you a solid, okay? I'm going to let you stay around, and I'm going to let you keep feeding me these ideas, and I'm going to continue to basically screw you over and write you little checks here and there to just give me these ideas so I can make millions and millions off of you. Now, I wonder eventually how this turned out for Grizz. But, y'all, when I tell you Roger was pissed, but he took that $500. Because Grizz was like, I'm going to keep you around, okay? And if you keep giving me all these good ideas, you'll get closer and closer to my office to the point where we might even be next door neighbors. Y'all would have been hot. <laughs> Roger goes home, y'all, and he got that $500 check, but it just ain't sitting right in his spirit. And although his wife, Annabelle, is elated at this news that he done got a raise and $500, Maddie, on the other hand, can tell that there is something bothering her brother. And so she ends up telling him the story about the foster parents that they went to right after their mom passed away. Apparently, these foster parents hit them along with three other kids. So all in all, it was like five of them. Foster parents were, of course, taking the checks, um, you know, and not really using the resources that they were getting from the government to provide for the kids accurately like they should be. 
um, as far as, you know, like feeding them, clothing them, all of the proper care that they're supposed to receive, they were lacking, although they were receiving the funds for them. So, of course, Roderick understood the disparity, and so he decided to confront them. Well, usually once he uh, confronted them and said some things that they didn't like, they usually locked them in a closet. While Maddie, on the other hand, she took a slick approach, okay? She got really close to the mom and, um, you know, gained mom's trust. And by the time everything was said and done, the police were putting the cuffs on mama and mama was just not realizing that Maddie was the one that was making the damn phone call to report her, okay? So long story short, Maddie tells him, hey, I understand that you're upset about this Grizz thing, but instead of you charging him head on and building yourself this little tomb, so to speak, why don't you become his friend, gain his trust, feed him the ideas that you need to feed him, and then you walk beside him, and then that way, once you gain his trust and you learn the lay of the land, then you can take what you know and you can stab him in the back, basically. Get your revenge. Okay? <laughs> Keep your friends close and your enemies closer, so to speak. And so, after she says this, y'all, Annabelle is shook. Okay, later on that night, when they laying down and doing a little bit of pillow talking, she's, like I said, so excited about being able to receive this, you know, this financial blessing. Um, albeit it was ill-gotten gains on Grizz's part, but nonetheless, we got $500. That means we can go ahead and fix that fridge, and we can finally get Tammy the medicine that she's been needing for the last couple of months, okay? So, as much as she's excited about that, she lets Roderick know, hey, I understand that y'all had it rough growing up, you and Maddie, but, um, I don't like her. She just, she don't get good vibes off of Maddie, and so she lets Roderick know that. So Roderick decides to push it aside for now, and, um, you know, he says some things that brings her back to a place of happiness and, and love, and then, you know, they're making out. So Leo wakes up the next morning, y'all. Remember, he was on a mission to get blackout wasted, and so he wakes up the next morning, and he has blood on him on his face okay he doesn't realize that until he goes to the fridge drinks from the orange juice thing y'all puts it back in the i'm like you know what that make you not want to take a drink from nobody else's like fridge when you go over to other people's houses because how do you not know that they're not drinking from the thing and then putting it right back in the fridge okay that's what he did y'all he's got blood all on his shirt he's got blood on his hands and like I said, he doesn't realize that he's got all this blood on him until he puts the orange juice back in the fridge and realizes that there's blood all on the container. And so then he finally looks down at his shirt and was like, oh, shoot. So he he goes to the room to check on Boo Thing to make sure he that's not Boo Thing's blood on him. Boo Thing is stirring, so he's okay. Good, it ain't him. So then he goes to the living room, y'all. In the living room, once he traces the blood, there's a big old puddle of blood sitting off to the corner. Y'all, why did Leo kill the damn cat? He done killed Pluto. So now he's got to hurry up and scrub the floor, get all of the evidence up before 
uh boo thing realizes that the love of his life done killed his damn feline so later on y'all <laughs> leo after he finishes cleaning up he makes eggs for uh boo thing boo thing comes in there and um leo is like you know what i can't remember any of last night he was like you know what it's kind of good that you don't but whatever you wanted last night to be it was all of that and more and then he receives a text message from his friend talking about how uh her significant other was like trashed once they got home and so again leo is saying that he doesn't remember anything after camille left which is a good thing in boo thing's eyes but now he's remembered oh he was like are you cleaning have you cleaned up and he said, oh, have you seen Pluto? Okay, I put her food out, but um, she still hasn't come. And so, of course, Leo knows what really happened with that part. But he says, you know, did we accidentally let her out again? And so apparently the last time she got out, she was gone for three days. So I guess this is what we're going to go with. Pluto is just never going to return. So then we go over to Maddie and Roderick. They are meeting with Pim Reaper and he is discussing like the last details of perry's party um he says that they were able to identify everybody on camera except for the lady in the red cloak okay little dead red and so uh got the mask for her um says that apparently she talked to the the uh, wait staff okay but they're not actually quite sure if they remember what she said or not okay so nobody can place her face maddie wants her track down we'll see what happens okay he's gonna do his best um in the meantime they're just gonna have to wait for um freddie's wife to wake up i can't remember her name y'all i'm sorry so speaking of lenore comes to visit her mom at the hospital um, she had just got a surgery a few hours ago and she's still unconscious, but that's okay because she just wants to see her mom. So she goes in there to see her mom, y'all. Mom is sitting up, okay? I don't know if she was supposed to be on the ventilator or what, but mom is sitting up and the monitors are going off. She's trying to tear everything off, gauze and everything. So she doesn't know that as she's tearing all of this stuff off, her skin is coming off as well. So Lenore is screaming for somebody to please come help her mama, okay? Y'all, Victorine is scheming, okay? She done took that lady file. She calls Miss Pam back and she says, hey, so this is Victorine from, you know, the uh, Dr. Ruiz's office. We looked at your file and based off of your medical clinical profile here, we think that you would be an awesome candidate for this particular heart trial that we're doing y'all she wants to use this implant on her she's going to be her human test dummy victorine you cold for that girl so they'll get more information but for now miss pamela is excited she feels like a miracle has been sent her way you guys mm -mm. Meanwhile, over there at her arch nemesis house, <laughs> y'all, Camille is waiting on the assistance to get home, okay? And so she's been steaming and fuming all damn day. When they get there, y'all, she don't want to talk. She just wants to come in more ways than one, okay? She putting them assistance to use. And so she's like, you know what? We can talk later. Let me starfish first. I don't even know what that means, okay? 
And so once she realizes that they're hesitant to come over to the bed and join her, she looks back at them and realizes that they're holding hands. They done fell in love, y'all. They done caught feelings. Okay, these little kids, they done got a little puppy love. Got their nose wide open. And so because of how they're feeling about each other, they can no longer in good faith mess around with her and feel good about it. And so, of course, Camille gets upset, okay? She says that she requires a lot of her assistance because she lives a unique lifestyle. And so once they sign those NDAs and those uh, consent forms, that means that they're supposed to adhere to her every demand, okay? And if you can't do that, then, well, there's the door. And so that was like, well, you know, we want to still be your assistants. However, we just don't want to do the sexual part of it. And she was like, well, no, that's okay because that's a part of it. So since you can't perform all of your assistant tasks and duties that I'm trying to assign to you, then here's your severance pay. Y'all, she cut them both a check. <laughs> she Venmo's them, okay? And then she tells them to go on about that way. She said once one of them fart... <laughs> in bed and the neuroepinephrine wears off then they gonna realize the mistake that they made <laughs> but uh before y'all leave did you get any information on victorine y'all she had ripped them to shreds it was so bad to the point where she called the girl assistant tina and that's not even her name okay her real name is beth but because Camille finds Tina and Toby so funny. She done named them. She was like, you know what? Y'all gonna be Tina and Toby while y'all on the clock. So after she asked if they have any information on Victorine, Toby was like, you know what? Figure it out yourself. And he tossed the keys to her. Y'all, it's a hot diggity dog mess. I, I just, I can't with her. So, y'all, I thought I had the wrong ghost pen, but apparently I did not this time. So, Tammy is at the house, and she's pissed because her woman of the night is late. Lauren is late. She is not doing well. Okay, they just had a death in the family. She is stressed the hell out. She's ready to get it off. Where is Lauren? So, husband is trying to calm her down. There is a knock at the door. Instead of Lauren, there's Candy. But Candy is not really Candy. Candy is Verna, the same lady that was dead red. Okay? So, she's dressed up as Tammy would be. And she was like, where's Lauren? Oh, Lauren is not feeling too well. She's under the weather. So, she sent me instead. But don't worry, okay? I know, I know how this goes. I'm very familiar. So, you got me tonight okay so she comes in and sits down and she starts talking about how she was gonna text her husband that day she's been so stressed and she was gonna ask him to make this meal but he made it for her oh he's such a good husband that's why she loves him and so they sit down and she asked him how his day went and this starts to kind of relax Tammy okay at first, she was a little apprehensive about old girl, but she's saying all the right things, okay? So, she starts asking him about his day. He says that things actually went well. They did two videos and did something else, okay? And they probably found the music producer or something like that. Something good, right? And so, 
he ended up asking her something and she was like well you know i just i want to take the stress off okay i want us to have a nice dinner okay and i, I want us to be able to relax and just be okay be at peace like i said tammy is relaxing all the while her sister camille is very on edge okay we see her rush to rue morgue the lab and she is guns blazing okay she storms in there she wants to go directly to the labs where all of the monkeys are being tested and before she can gain access she walks past the security guard okay security guard is being played by verna as well and so she was like you shouldn't be here okay it's after hours and she was like i know that okay and of course you know she's being camille she's talking all types of crazy throwing f-bombs here and there you know like she ain't got a care in the world she was like do you know who my dad is okay i'm here because i know what goes on after hours and i'm sure that you do too and instead of you speaking up and saying what you're supposed to you let her grease your hands while she walks out of here with monkey bits dripping out of her birkin <laughs> that's not funny to the monkeys okay so she says so if you don't want to get sued and fired i suggest that you go ahead and give me access to this lab and so she tells her again i know who your dad is okay but all i'm saying is that you shouldn't be here and so camille goes in y'all she goes into the lab she makes her way to where the monkeys are being tested and they are being held in cages y'all i feel so bad oh my gosh um i just i hate it so they're being held she's taking pictures getting evidence of everything that she needs and um she's talking about how victorina's been pumping them with the adrenaline we do see one that is very riled up okay so you can tell that they recently got a shot of something so as she's getting her last little tidbit of pictures here comes verna the hat is off and one of the cages is open okay but verna's here in the flesh and so she starts talking about how animal testing has been going on since the beginning of time uh, since the bce era the greeks actually started this and they were experimenting on pigs amongst other animals um, and then she goes on to mention how in 2015, all um, clinical trials, I think from a medical standpoint, were banned against uh, chimps and monkeys alike, um, unless they were medically deemed necessary for, uh, like, I guess to improve the human disease process. Okay, all of this testing on animals all of this testing on something for the betterment of humans Ooh, us humans the audacity of us okay and so she's saying all of that and still camille is telling her how much she can't wait to fire her this that and the third just talking all types of crazy and so then verna goes on to explain how she knows why camille hates victorine so much she hates victorine because victorine was able to hide it better but that's crazy because tammy and roderick consider uh victorine and camille the bastard girls okay 
They could have been great allies, but instead they got pitted against one another. And it's all because Camille hated the fact that Victorine was able to hide who she really was better than Camille could. Okay. Camille had the worst job. She was able to cover up shit, cover up dirt. All while Victorine was trying to do the best thing for humans and uh, a society. Okay, she was taking care of the animals and all of that, right? We know, which we know is a lie because of how all of this is going down in the labs, right? With the adrenaline and the monkey trials. So, Verna gets all off in her head, you know, plays with her mind for a second. And then she walks over to her and she was like, you know, it didn't have to be like this. And then she says that Victorine lied. She pumped the monkeys full of adrenaline and she's been doing them wrong. All of this, right? So as she's saying this, y'all, she's pulling her shirt off and we see all of the scars on her chest. Like she is being experimented on herself. She starts shrieking like she's a monkey, right? And then she calms down. So then she says, you know, all of this could have been avoided. Okay. It didn't have to be like this. You could have went like Perry. Okay. You could have went at home, but instead, well, here we are. And so Camille holds up her phone and she was like, well, F it. I got mine too. And so as she holds up her camera to Verna's face, we see that she is really a, a monkey full of adrenaline. And she takes the picture, y'all, and that's that. So the next morning, when the crew is coming in, we still see Camille's car in the parking lot, okay, drop top. And so they come in and they're asking where Phil is. And I'm like, who is Phil? I don't know. Maybe Phil is the monkey. I don't know. So anyway, when they come in the lab, y'all, they can't even put their stuff down. It's blood everywhere. All on the floor, all on the countertops, all on the back countertops. So they follow it around. It seems like she's been drugged down, down the way a little bit and around the corner. They follow it around to the corner and find Camille's corpse laying on the ground, bloodied and dead. And a monkey, well... The monkey is very angry, you guys. So hopefully they won't be next. And that's the way the episode ends. You guys, this wasn't like Perry's, okay? Perry's episode was good. Now, Camille, she was good too, okay? But I feel like she deserved a little bit more than what she got just because of how she was talking. Okay, she was talking crazy to everybody. But I did find it really ironic that the person that she hated the most was the person that took her out. <laughs> Not by her own hands, of course, but by the monkeys. Okay, she was trying to find all of this dirt on what she was doing. And then, ironically, she got taken out by that very same thing. So that's it, y'all. Let me know what y'all thought. You can reach me at me and you TV reviews on Facebook and on Instagram. You can also reach me at my TV reviews podcast without the S on the end at gmail.com. Y'all, who do y'all think is next? I don't know, y'all. 
I need a little bit more backstory on Tammy and Leo. I, I really wanted to know why Camille had so much disdain for Victorine. But I guess we'll never find the answer out, right? Anyway, let me know what you think. You can reach me at all of those avenues. Please rate and review if you have not already. Please share if you care, okay? That's all I have for now. Y'all, please stay safe out there. Please keep your head on the swivel because the world is getting crazier and crazier by the day, okay? I love you guys. Until we meet over the airwaves again, I am Mo, and I will talk to you guys soon. Bye.